Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. Frank Whaley over here. Today is Friday, October 30th, and this is episode 21 of the fourth season of the Whaley Family Hour. I've been very emotional all day. Have you? I, uh, yeah, I was, well, Friday's, uh, well, I guess I'll just say it, even though this is trivial story straight out of Whaley House. Or Whaley House. When I was a kid, people used to say Whaley, because I come from upstate New York. So I started saying Whaley, even though my name is Whaley. Anyway, Friday is typically the day that you and I clean our house, Heather. That is correct. Teamwork, right? Mm-hmm. But I found myself very emotional today, and I was listening to music, and uh, I was listening to a song, uh, this uh, Jasmine Sullivan song called Lost One, which if you haven't heard that song, you should listen to that well, song. Well, you were blasting it in the house earlier. And uh, it, was, it was making me cry. I mean, it's one of the saddest breakup songs in the history of the world. I thought, well, that's why I'm crying. I'm emotional. I'm emotional because of this song that I put on. And then the next song came on was Prove It, Aretha, mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin. And then, I, and then I thought, but these songs are too sad. So then I put on some of your music, and even that was making me cry. What's my music? I don't know, like a Fairport Convention song came on? I don't even know what that is. Oh, well, I don't know why that came on. Anyway, this Fairport Convention song came on, this lady singing. That made me cry. But then I realized, you know why I'm so emotional? Why? It's a blue moon tomorrow. Oh, it's a blue moon and it's a full moon. Yeah, and my 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 double whammy. My uh, astrological sign, of course, Heather is Cancer. That's right, and I am ruled by the moon. So there you go, mystery solved. In other news, Heather, not to hog the conversation here, but um, on July twentieth, nineteen sixty-three, what happened? That was the day you were born. I I slid through my mother's Oy. birth canal mm-hmm. out into the world, and. On this date in 1933, that birth canal oh my God. was that, born. That's really, that is a, such a gross way to say that it's your mom's birthday. That's what I'm trying to say. So on this date in 1933, Josephine Tamilione, the oldest of five siblings to Frank Francisco, Francesco, and Santa Tamilione, Immigrated to this country from Sicily. Frank was a, uh, a steel worker. He worked in a steel mill. Santa took care of the home. My mother married Robert William Whaley sometime around 1957, some 18 years later. After a horrifyingly bad marriage, she finally got his ass out of the house. He was a... Very successful alcoholic and a very unsuccessful and unlucky compulsive gambler. A lethal combination in a home built by a bunch of drunk Irishmen at some time at the turn of the century, which was deteriorating perpetually around us. But she persisted, Heather. She persisted. She did. And she turned 87 years old today. That's Although right. she wouldn't like it if, if she heard oh that. Oh, my God. She would be mortified. Well, probably one of the funniest stories um, that I could tell about my mom. She's been, we've, we've played her on this podcast before. Yes. Um, she and I, you know, listen, 
we uh, we've had our ups and downs. Nobody nobody came out of that life unscathed. However, I love my mom, and probably the funniest story regarding her age. I might have told this story before. So um, she was working. She worked for a long time at a drugstore, a cashier in a drugstore, and we had a car at the time. We always had we always had one car, or nobody in my in my childhood nobody ever bought a car. That cars were always traded for. What kind of things would you have to trade to get a car? I, my father would would was always in debt, so he was always either giving cars and taking cars as payment, or you know, like trading a trading a like a you know a saw for a car. I mean, it was barbaric around there. But anyway, none of these cars ever worked, and they there was always some flaw with them, either the brakes, steering. There's always some problem. Like my father would have to go really slow because there was no brakes in the car, or there was no windshield wiper. So, so he, how he, would you he had stop? to keep a squeegee in the car when it was raining? How would you stop the car if there's no brakes? Was there like an emergency brake that you that you pull up on? I, you know, you would just have to. You know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not even joking. He would have to turn turn the car into a curb. Oh my god! To stop it, more than once that happened. I mean, he, he was a hard luck gambler. He had no luck. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. That was my father's favorite saying. Anyway, my mom was driving home from work, and she at the time was driving a car. I believe it was a Chevy. might have been an Impala. I just remember it was navy blue and had no back seat. So if you were going to sit in the back seat, you had to l- sit on your hands and knees on the floor. Okay? Oh, my God. Not up to safety specifications by any means. So she was coming around the corner. And the driver's door wouldn't close, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you pulled it closed, it just would open up again. There was some mechanism that was not there, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was an easy fix, but not in my, not in my household. You just have to drive it, drive it as is. So usually when you got in, you took a bungee cord and jerry-rigged it around so it would stay open. But somehow that didn't happen when my mom was on her way home from work around 6 p.m. on a weeknight. She rounded a corner, and guess what happened, Heather? Oh, my God. Did she? She fell out of the oh car. Oh, my God. Wow. She fell out driving. of the car, and the car kept right on going because nobody put the brake on because nobody was in the car. So somehow my mom, who was fortunately by, by some fluke was not injured, you know, a couple of scrapes and bruises. She got, she, an ambulance took her to the hospital um, where my brother and I joined her. And she was mortified because the next day in the newspaper, oh, no. there was a story about it that revealed her age. And she was mortified, not because she, the, the story talked in a sort of a humorous light about how this woman fell out of her car while the car kept on going and hit a tree. But she was mortified because they said her age. What newspaper would that have been in? It was she the Syracuse cried? Herald Journal. And how old was she at the time? Uh, this is probably mid seventies. So, you know, she was probably 40 something, but she's a, she never wanted to reveal her age. This was also a woman who, who banned photographs after at some point, because my mother was a very beautiful, still is a very beautiful woman. When she was young, she was very beautiful and glamorous. And she looked a bit like Gwen Stefani, but with dark hair. And she, like I said, she endured a lifetime of abuse and uh, bad times from 
not only a man, but my brother and I put her through some changes. Your mom is one of the funniest people that I have ever known in my life. She I owe her. has a razor-sharp wit. Yes, she's a very funny lady. and um, She is very quick with the funny insult. Yes. Yes, she's good. She's good. She's the, yeah, she was, uh, she's the, she could, she could have been a roast master. Couldn't cook a roast, but she could, she's a roast master. She makes damn good sauce. Yeah. And I'm lucky to have a Sicilian mother-in-law who taught me how to make that same kind of sauce. Anyway, that's my tribute to my mom, Josephine. Hang in there. Be right back. We have a friend who lives here in the U.S., but also has New Zealand um, citizenship. And she listens to this podcast, and she's the one who's going to be really pissed about those mouth noises you just made. I was just taking a sip from my uh, thermos. Yeah. Well, she got a warning from New Zealand about unrest that's coming because of the election. She said, we got an advisory from New Zealand government about possible unrest next Tuesday and how to avoid it slash what to do. And then I said, how? And she said, email. But I said, no, how do, how do we avoid it? And she, here's, do you want to hear the advice that they say? Yeah. Well, first they say the United States presidential election is scheduled to take place Tuesday with an inauguration ceremony Wednesday, 20th January 2021. Political activity, including rallies and protest activity, can be expected in the lead up to the election and the presidential inauguration. And then they talk about how much unrest, widespread protests and demonstrations have occurred Um, They say New Zealanders in the United States are advised to avoid areas where political rallies or protest activity may occur. We recommend monitoring local media to stay up to date with developments and following any instructions issued by the local authorities, including curfews. If you find yourself in an area of political slash uh, protest slash political activity or civil unrest, you should leave the area if it's safe to do so or remain indoors until the situation improves. And then it says... Familiarize yourself with any contingency plans your company or place of employment may have in place to assist staff in the event of an emergency. Have a departure plan in mind in advance. Where will you go? How will you get there? Will you need to apply for entry visas in advance or will visas be issued on arrival? What arrangements will you need to put in place for any domestic staff, pets, your residents? Um, keep a bag packed for every member of the family so you're ready to relocate or depart at short notice. Keep your essential documents in one secure place that is easily accessible to you at all times. This could also include a list of emergency contacts. Ensure you have comprehensive travel and medical insurance to cover your activities, personal liability, medical treatment, emergency medical evacuation, and any pre-existing medical conditions. That is a little bit anxiety-producing. Yeah, and for people who, who are residents of the United States, you know what they, they say? What? Put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye, because if Trump wins, we are fucked. Oh, my God. AF. Fucked yeah. as fuck. This guy, I was listening to him. He was at some rally in Michigan, and they were, again, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. And then he was going, it's not me. It's not me. I mean, how is that a leader? I mean... Can you imagine any president ever who would have said, hey, it's not me that's doing it. It's them. Yeah. Um, uh, like it's, it's now to the point where, you know, four days away from, you know, the, you know, f- f- the last four years, in essence, and I can't take it anymore. I've gotten to the point where I can no longer 
be shocked, surprised, pissed off, disgusted, disgruntled by him and by them. I've, I've, I've reached my fucking limit of un, unbelievability. The, the really scary thing is that he was talking about immunity with COVID now that he's had COVID, saying it used to be lifetime immunity. I was immune, and now because it's me, they say... You got it? Yeah, you almost knocked over. Oh, you're, 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 you're getting emotional. Yeah, he said, now because it's me, they say four months, four months. Used to be lifetime immunity. Like, he thinks that it's people are lying that it's just him. That's because he wants everybody to get freaking coronavirus. Like I said. Why? I, like I said, I can no longer take the the boiling of my blood over comments like that. I've, I, you know, four years of it, and I'm sure most people feel this way. You know, we went through Mueller, we went through Comey, we went through impeachment, we went through Russia, we went through all the shit that he has said and done to us. And I can no longer take it. I'm like my poor mom after 18 years of marriage. You know, she finally she had to say enough. Get out. Oh, my God, I would love to say that to him. What would you say to Don Jr. if you saw him right now? If he if he was like ringing our doorbell, what would you say to him? I mean, there's so much I want to say to Don Jr., but I, I can't put it any more succinctly or more to the point. Fuck you. Fuck you, Don Jr. Fuck you for being the son of a fucking prick bastard. Would you say that also to Ivanka? Oh, yes. I'd yeah. say double fuck you, Ivanka, because you're a bigger phony even than Don Jr. Don Jr. is just stupid. You're stupid and phony, just like your father. But I would say also to Don Jr., you killed all those those, those beautiful creatures with your gun while they were held in a pen. You shot them, and then you posed next to their carcass. Yeah, with your dumb, dumb brother. Those, those, those beautiful, graceful, strong, uh, gorgeous creatures, the opposite of you and your family, of pips, of crooks, of con men, of dirtbags, of douchebags of assholes, your family of lying fucking bastards. Well. That's a lot for a Friday. That huh? is a lot for a Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Keep and yourself safe. Stay away from any protests slash unrest. Pack a go bag. Get ready. It's coming. Don't let the blue moon catch you crying. Unless you feel like crying. Remember that one? Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>